right, kids, for the last two hours and the last couple weeks of the podcast, we've discussed MK Ultra. We've gone through all the back catalog. We've we're getting to the good stuff. So you've had your Brussels sprouts, you clean your plate up. It's time for dessert. So I hope you like chocolate cake. Well, I hope you like chocolate cake laced with LSD. Because today, we're going to get into the weird science of MK Ultra. How's it going? Doing, lady. How's everybody Hi. doing? Welcome Hello. back once again to our third part in a 15-part series on MK Ultra. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. No, this is going to be it. I'm going to pull a tie and be like, I'm, I'm done. done. Got to say, got to say, fuck <laughs> you first. All right. Well, I'll let you. Well, when I say when I say that, yeah, that's when you'll know I'm done. Um, it's been uh fucking boring for you people i'm sure Mm -hmm. but uh i wanted to kind of get you know to this point this is where the good shit happens and (laughs) by the good shit i mean the Mm -hmm. horrible shit if you know what i'm saying um so we're gonna dive right in unless you guys want to talk about some shit first because um well i i I took one today well that's awesome man i mean dms are important Healthy. Yeah. And I'll, uh, we can talk about that too. That there's some shit on MK Ultra. There's some BMs involved in that too. Uh, right. You ready? Mm-hmm. Let's do okay. it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like I said, in the last episode, we had a whole club food there. Sydney Gottlieb appointed by Alan Dulles as chief of the chemical division of the TSS. Uh, he had no budget really. I think he had like, he his he had an actual budget of like thirteen percent of the entire CIA budget, which is an enormous fucking amount of money when you think about it. Uh, so I'd like that kind of a budget. Yeah, that'd be great, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. I might I might take you all on a vacation if I had that kind of money. <laughs> I'd let you take a little trip <laughs> and not on LSD. Uh, Fantastic so, voyage. Yeah, Gutlieb, he just dives right in man he he was i think he was noted as saying like hey i didn't come here to not not figure out and fuck around i came here to fuck around and find out maybe he didn't say that maybe quote. i'm not sure Can't make that quote. yeah so hypnosis was really high on the mk ultra to-do list uh because the cia thought you know if we can figure this out then we can turn unwilling people into assassins you know, and they wouldn't remember it. That's quite the plan. Wouldn't, wouldn't have any idea of, of what they'd done or who they'd done it to. And it takes like, the term plausible deniability to a whole new certainly level. Certainly does. Fucking level, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, that being said, um, that was their theory. I mean, that's that's what Gutley started working on. Um, 
the person who had the most knowledge of hypnosis at the CIA was named George Esterbrooks. Uh, he claimed he had a theory that could possibly split a person's personality with two separate consciousness consciousnesses. Ooh, that's a rough one. That's fucking hard word to say. Yeah. And the same person with him being unaware of the separate consciousness consciousnesses. Nope. Yep. Got through yep. it. Okay. Um, anyway, by doing this, he's stated that uh, he could create messengers that would not only be able be able to not remember consciously where their where mission was, uh, who they had spoken to, or what they Operation had Sybil, well, Operation Todd. Ooh, what? No, no, <laughs> Operation What Todd said. Yeah, yeah. Um. So in 1951, the CIA funded a sensory deprivation study under contract X-38 using uh, Donald Hebb in Montreal, Canada. Uh, this study was performed on students that would have – they'd have them lay in this lightless, like, sensory deprivation-type cubicle uh, 24 hours a day with all their senses muted. For 24 hours? A day, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 24 hours is, is a is day. A whole one. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Whole goddamn day, boy. So these studies showed that after four hours, students were unable to follow any sort of train of thought. Uh, and after 24 hours, it caused a serious disturbance. In the fours. And at 48 hours, <laughs> two fucking Insanity. Days, students, students began to have hallucinations similar to that of mescaline. Wow. With no drugs, just, yeah. Because the CIA saw potential in these types of experiments, they funded hundreds of very similar pro- projects how many to people, this. How many people went through it that we don't know about? I mean, seriously. Dude, we're, we're not even going to get close to hitting all the shit that I <laughs> wanted to hit because there's just Too not enough shit. time. Like I said, unless you want to do a 13 <laughs> fucking, yeah. We've almost spent a fucking month right. on this already. So that, yeah, let's just. And it's yeah. going to keep going, but it won't. It's time to shit or get off the pot. So around this time, uh, the CA also recruited a magician by the name of John Mulholland. <laughs> uh, Mulholland had been a protege of Harry Houdini. And after Houdini's death, he became one of the world's most famous magicians of his time. He authored several books about stage magic, owned a personal library containing over 6,000 books on magic that later was purchased by David Copperfield. Mm. So this guy was full of Bengadium yep. Leviosa, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> so uh, when uh, Sidney Gutlieb asked Mohan to help on the MK Ultra uh, project, he accepted, um, just like Sidney uh, had been denied entry to fight in World War II, um, Mohan had wanted to fight during World War One, but he'd had rheumatic fever so he was unable to fight so he had this really willingness to you know help his country out so hmm. he was like sure yeah i'll help you fucking kill people that sounds like fun yeah gotta have him it's a necessary yeah. evil yeah. yeah 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 what was that todd yeah <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Okay. oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> sorry playing with toys um I pushed the so buttons. It certainly sounds like I was. I pushed the buttons. Uh, Mulholland's first job at the CIA was to train agents on how to deliver poisons using misdirection and sleight of hand techniques. 
Uh, and because of the success of these training missions, Gutlieb then had Mulholland write a training manual for CIA officers. Um, this manual happens to be the only document, like fully complete document that has survived in its entirety from any MK Ultra project wow. at all. Slide of hand. Ignore uh, this. Project, this. This this manual is called Some Operation Applications on the Art of Deception. Mm-hmm. And it uses a lot of euphemisms from spectators being targets to performers being agents and materials being toxins and a trick for poisoning. It's a dirty uh, one. It was split into five sections. The basis of successful performance, tricks with pills, tricks to uh, tricks to obtain small objects, and tricks with liquids, and tricks with loose solids, like diarrhea. That's where I went to. That's I may have added exactly that extra. My brain went, yeah. <laughs> tricks with personal I was, I was picturing David Blaine stealing somebody's watch, and it's inside a jewelry store, even though it's closed. It's like, oh, great trick. Now how am I going to get my watch back? Assholes. Right. So through this manual, it taught agency personnel how to do things like hide poisons in everyday objects like pens or in the end of a ring cap or how to flick pills into somebody's drink without them noticing while they're lighting their cigarette and saying, have some frat boys. Yeah, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was kind of weird, wild, interesting. Crazy stuff. Different. Um, so some little some yellow guys to, new <laughs> Wayne's world what about your penis uh, so uh, in 1952 Gottlieb set up some experiments to see if people who have hepatitis are more affected by LSD um, he had agents in Paris slip LSD to patients in, that were uh, admitted to an American hospital there um uh, one patient, Stanley Glickman, was an American artist, um, and they put him in the hospital. Actually, Gottlieb put him in the hospital. Uh, he was having drinks with a friend at a bar uh, where they were soon joined by some other Americans. Um, before he left, one of these men insisted on buying him another drink after they'd had an argument about politics. <laughs> these men were all dressed in suits, by the way. He's an artist, so obviously probably didn't have the same political views. Um, so this guy goes up to the bar, gets gets the drink instead of ordering it from a waitress, brings it back, gives it to him. Um, Glickman takes a couple of drinks from this simple, couple of sips from this drink, and he begins to hallucinate almost immediately. He got domered. Uh, he... He, he quickly thinks he's been poisoned, <laughs> and he ended up wandering for hours outside Paris in the streets until he's picked up by an ambulance, taken back to that American hospital, and then they proceed to sedate him, conduct electroshock therapy on him, and dose him continually with LSD. He never recovers. His fiance at the time, he tells her to leave him. He never paints again, never reads books again. And basically lives alone in an apartment with his dogs because he never really recovers enough to be social around people again. Yeah, and the- But he did remember 
that this person that got him this drink had a stutter and a limp. I think it was Sydney. Yeah. I just can't paint anymore. The colors on the canvas never match what was going through my head. (laughs) Can't get it. I can't make it. I don't know. It's just I can't make it move. (laughs) That's me. That poor bastard. Very shortly after this. Right. Yeah. One of the many. Uh, shortly after this, uh, in early 1953, Alan Dulles is appointed as the head of the CIA, which basically means Gutley has free reign to do whatever the fuck he wants and doesn't have yep. to worry about it because he's also already been told, hey, do whatever the fuck it you seems to do. seems to be kind of a thing that's been happening here. Yeah. So Sydney starts bringing in scientists from outside of the CIA and the U.S. military to help conduct in all these experiments. Um, one of these scientists was named Paul Hulk from the New York Psych- Psychiatric Institute. Um, Sydney gets Hulk to inject a patient with mescaline. Um, Hulk was a psychiatrist, and he chose one of his patients named Paul Blower. Uh, Blower was uh, okay. Stop it! Stop it! So I was thinking, stay on target. Hulk, I was thinking gamma rays, but then I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay on this. <laughs> All right. Oh, so, Blower has had recently gone through a divorce. He, I think, he was a retired tennis player. Um, so that's why he'd gone in for all these treatments. I'm gonna ignore you right now, Matt. <laughs> and he had severe depression, so he went in to see uh, Hulk because of this. <laughs> Hulk, Hulk, take man. Hulk and Blower. Hulk say, take mescaline. So, over the course of the next several weeks, Blower is injected six times, insisting every time after the first time that he does not want any more of these drugs because he's having nightmares and hallucinations from the injections. But Hulk says, I insist you must continue treatment or else mm, we have to start sessions over again. Uh, Dr. Banner, his Dr. last Banner. session, <laughs> Dr. Banner to the floor, please. So during his last uh, session, Blower receives an injection that is 14 times higher than any he has received before. That's a lot, man. That is a lot. He he starts having seizures immediately, suffers a heart attack, and was dead six, basically six minutes after these injections were Holy. given to him. Oh, I'm sorry. I misread that. Uh, he was dead six Dukes of Hazards. There you go. All right. Now it made sense. Now I get where you're going. <laughs> For you don't know, that's about three hours. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Now I get it. Now, the actual death toll from all these crazy little experiments they were putting on uh, will never be known because all the most of the documentation is destroyed. Uh, but these two for sure were the two known American deaths as direct result from all these MK Ultra experimentes. Page one? One! That's actually page two. It's double, <laughs> double-sided. 14 pages double-sided. Um, I have... I have a, <laughs> all right. Another of, uh, another of these guys that helped conduct these experiments, his name was Harris Isbell. He was the director of research at uh, an addiction research center in Kentucky. 
He used prisoner inmates and conducted various experiments using LSD, mescaline, and other cocktails to see if he could make prisoners more susceptible to hypnosis, produce delusions, etc. Fuck shit up, basically. He wrote a bunch of articles that were published based on the research he was conducting, but would always refer to the prisoners as volunteers in these papers. Mm. They weren't really fucking. Well, if you were a prisoner, they could have. Uh, they could have actually said, "Hey, you want to do this, and you'll get out of the hard labor, and we'll give you better food." Oh, it, it, he did something very similar to that. Uh, a lot of these prisoners were bribed, and in, in exchange for doing these research experiments, mm. they were paid in heroin. <gasps> Most a lot of these. This is mm. this is a. Drug rehabilitation center, no, by the using way. Heroin. And he's paying these motherfuckers that are there because they're basically no. drug acts with it's, heroin. It's a methadone clinic and you're paying them in heroin. Yeah. Well, who's going to say Mighty no? fucking wide of you, man. Mighty wide of you. Yeah. Fucking monsters. <laughs> um, he was trying to find out how much LSD a person could take before their mind would completely break. And as the experiments progressed, he found a group of inmates that agreed to take LSD every day. And after several months of this, he quadrupled their doses and kept them on that regiment for 77 days. Now, these particular experiments were never discussed publicly. They were only discussed between Gutlieb and Isbell. Remember when I said these are your U.S. tax dollars at work? They really are. You want me to go yeah, on? Here's another one. Do. I, by the way, I'm not going to hit them all. I'm just, I just found some. Even, if, were, you know, even if you found all the ones that you could find, there are still more. Oh, yeah. Okay, another one of these uh, wonderful human beings. His name was Carl Pfeiffer. He was chairman of pharmacology at Emory University. And he ran several sub-projects studying ways to induce psychotic, psychotic states in schizophrenic in normal people. Both he wanted to find out how much a schizophrenic could take and how much a normal person could take before they just fucking snapped. It doesn't seem scientific uh, at all. It seems like that would be like just common knowledge of it's fucking throw yeah, shit at the be, wall. I think it's going to yeah. be less for a schizophrenic beings. <laughs> Definitely going to be less before you break them. The, the the reason I want to bring this one up is because one of the prisoners involved in his studies at the Atlanta Federal Prison was named James Whitey Bulger. Mm-hmm. Rat bastard. Mm-hmm. You know who that was? He he ended up murdering like thirteen people after this. He's a fucking but, rat. Uh, he claimed he was fucking ins- insane because same deal there. That they would be put on a regiment of hallucinogens for. I think that that particular study was. I think it was like five months every day. I wonder. I wonder if Capone's syphilis was injected to him, or did he get it? Did he get it natural, or was it injected to him just to see? I'm pretty sure he got it natural. Yeah, the old-fashioned way. (laughs) Hey, Lynn, do you think he spit on it first? (laughs) I do. (laughs) The bucket was clear across the room. She's just a good shot. (laughs) I'm going to keep going. Uh, fuck, okay. we're already 20 minutes into this. Uh, another scientist in the MK Ultra research was uh, farmed out, uh, let's see, in Canada. Uh, his name was Dr. Ewing Cameron. 
Uh, Cameron was at one point the head of uh, the American and the Canadian Psychiatric Associations. Uh, he worked primarily in Canada. And the CIA approached him through a fake research foundation called the Society for the Education and Human Ecology. So from 1957 to 1960, the CIA funneled $60,000 to Cameron through this fake foundation to conduct mind control research. And that is like the equivalent of about a half a million dollars today. Uh, no biggie. He thought he could eliminate types of thought and behavior from human beings. Yeah. And I bet they're the good ones too, like conscience or. Kind of sounds like he wanted to be a Nazi. A yeah. Nine! I mean, that's. Nine with the puppies. Okay, so one of his patients was named Too Esther many Shire. Puppies. Uh, she was a pregnant woman <coughs> who went to the hospital seeking help for anxiety due to a previous miscarriage. Um, so when she was admitted, she spent 30 days in a, what Cameron described as a sleep room, where she was put into a drug-induced coma and awoken three times daily for meals and bathroom breaks only. Um, she also went on a treatment Cameron developed called depatterning, in which he used drugs and electroshock, ther- uh, electroshock therapy to break down patients to a childlike state, and also psychic driving where he would replay recorded loops for up to 20 hours daily to the patient. Uh, these loops would include things such as mother hates me. Like a clockwork orange. Yeah, shit like that. Walk, don't run, salute when you see me. <laughs> there you go. Walk, don't run, salute when so you see me. So these things would be, we uh, played through headphones, helmets, pillows, and wall-mounted speakers 20 to 24 hours a day. Yeah. Scary. How would you like to hear this? Twenty four hours a day. Uh, no one wants that. All right. So Cameron thought that through these ex- treatments, he could re- reprogram patients from a clean slate. Uh, when Esther Shire left after her thirty day treatment, she was completely depatterned. In uh, Cameron's words, she had completely forgotten her husband. This pregnant woman had lost 13 pounds, had no control of her fucking bowels. Whoa, 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 whoa. Speak. She was pregnant? Yeah. yeah, she was pregnant when this was going on. She went in because she had so much anxiety from a previous miscarriage, and she was She was afraid she was going to lose another one and was wanting some help for it. Yeah. Well, you make a pregnant woman lose 13 pounds. That's a lot of help. Yeah, well done. Fuckers. Yeah. No, this isn't over yet. Oh, I'm sure it's not. He continued to see her three days a week until one month before her baby was due and continued this depatterning. And when she finally gave birth, she had to have other people explain how to take care of the kid to her because she, like, they had to write it out. Like, okay, if the baby's crying, check its diaper. I'm surprised the baby made it. Or or, or, fe- or it might be hungry. Be, be sure to burp the baby. Don't, you know what I mean? How fucked up is that? Uh, now, she eventually recovered, but it took her a long time to get there. Thank God for um, Yeah, I, I believe she... Uh, I don't know if she sued the Canadian government or if uh, maybe she got a settlement out of it. 
we'll get there in a sec. I can't remember. There's been too much shit I've had to fucking read for this. I'm talking like five books and uh, like 30 articles and like eight or nine different documentaries. Many things. Many, many, many things. So Cameron did this and similar experiments to hundreds of other people. And in the 80s, nine of these former patients sued him and the CIA in 1988. And they settled out of court under the assumption that the CIA would hold no accountability. Then, in 1994, the Canadian government offered similar compensation of $100,000 to 74 other patients that had undergone Cameron's depatterning with the same deal. No accountability to the Canadian government. Because, you see, when the CIA stopped funding Cameron, then the Canadian government started funding. I was going to say, yeah, we'll pay you that, but it won't be in actual dollars. It will be... Being Molson ice. You know, Canadian dollars, that's a little different. Yeah. That's a lot of loonies. Loonies and toonies. That's a lot of loonies. A lot of loonies and toonies going on. Now, now Gutlieb was no uh, exception to his own rules. He was experimenting with LSD himself. Oh, yeah. The entire time. And with other oh. agents in the CIA who were willing to be dosed. Now, eventually, CIA agents would be dosed without their permission. Uh, by 1954, surprise dosings around the CIA offices were so common that the CIA's Office of Security sent out a memo to all agents stating that certain agents were testing LSD on other CIA agents. And due to that fact, they recommended that no one drink from the punch bowl at the company Christmas party that year. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> Don't drink the it's water, It's not whiskey man. anymore. I mean, they're getting carried away over there. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Too whiskey. Much, Much too whiskey. whiskey. <laughs> um, there were a few people involved in MKUltra that once they got a good, you know, look at what was going on, really, they couldn't stomach it. Uh, one of these people was Frank Olson. Uh, he was a bioweapons researcher at Camp Dietrich that had been hired by his former professor, Ira Baldwin. Uh, we mentioned him in the first episode. He was the guy that yeah, founded it. Um, so he had helped to develop various toxins, poisons, ways to kill people and torture people, uh, but he'd never conducted it on human subjects before. He He would go into the office and... He'd leave on Friday, come back on Monday, and he'd see, like, 100 dead monkeys. He didn't really like that. This job really wasn't for him. But he just kind of was like, fuck it. You know, I'm good at this. Somebody's got to do it. I guess I'm going to do this. So after he was brought on at the CIA, one of his first assignments abroad had had been to take notes at all these black sites where prisoners were drugged. You know, hallucinations were given out or hallucinogenic drugs were given out and then they were tortured and Olson doesn't really care for watching these people fucking go nuts and be killed so he starts to consider leaving the CIA so in May of uh, 1953 he sees a nerve nerve gas test go really badly he watches while this 20 year old soldier dies right in front of him and he helped develop this nerve (laughs) gas by the way so after after he reported his findings to a superior, um, 
the superior wrote a follow-up report that stated that Olson was deeply disturbed by what he had seen and displayed signs that he did not want to keep secret what he had witnessed. Oh, boy. You fucking think? Jesus. I know this report was forwarded to the CIA head office. You probably shouldn't let anybody know that information um, until you were already out of there. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm picturing this going badly. So the only reason we know anything about that is because he had told a couple of friends. He had a couple of really close friends that he kind of kept in the loop. Like, look, this is some fucked up shit we're doing. I got to talk to somebody about it. Have to. Yeah. So, you know, he, he decided, fuck, I made a huge mistake. Probably need to get the fuck out of the CIA. But before he can, uh, he, go, he ends up going on this work retreat with some other CIA higher ups, including Sidney no Gottlieb. Way. And his assistant. That's good news. And on the f- uh-huh. on the first evening of his trip, after dinner, they're all dosed with LSD without their consent. Uh, he re- reacts very badly, and after three days, he still hasn't uh-huh. even. He's not recovered yet. He's still fucking completely out of it. So he gets taken to New York to talk to a CIA psychiatrist. And during his stay, he apparently jumps from the window of his 10-story hotel room to his death. Did he? Uh, that's how the CIA Mitch. official Did report he? states it anyway. Yeah, they say it's suicide. Yeah, but if you look at this, if, they, if you look at this hotel, like, there was no way that he could have done that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, after MK Ultra came into light of day and some documents were made available to the public. Olson's family had his body exhumed for an autopsy where they found specific cranial injuries that would point to the fact that he was probably unconscious when he fell. And uh, more than likely, he was probably pushed out the window, forced out the window. This is double-proof, sound-proof class. (laughs) Like an (laughs) asexual. Now... I can't say that's fact. Nobody knows exactly what happens except for whoever was fucking there. But I think to say it's probably pretty safe to say that it's not out of the realm possibility that the CIA had. I hope they at least blocked off the street before they did it. What if he landed on somebody? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember. I think it was... I can't remember the, which fucking president w- was, but he actually made it a, a an apology to Olson's family, like a public apology. Wow. After everything came came to like after MK Ultra had been, you know, discovered, uh, he was forced to make a public. I apology. To say something. And I think that's the only time it's ever happened from the president of the United States. Like, oh, sorry, we fucked up. Well, you found out about uh, it. I mean. We didn't fuck up. You found out what we did. Yeah. So there were several investigations um, into this incident. One was headed by Lawrence Houston, who was one of the principal drafters of the National Security Act, which created CIA. And his report summary stated that, quote, the death of Dr. Olson is the result of circumstances arising out of an experiment undertaken in the course of his official duties for the U.S. government, and that there is, therefore, a direct causal causal connection between the accident and his death 
I'm not happy with what seems to me to be a very casual attitude on the part of TSS representatives to the way this experiment was conducted and to the remarks that this is just one of those risks running, run, running with uh, scientific experimentation. A death occurred that may have been prevented, and, an, and the agency as a whole, especially the director, were caught completely by surprise in a most embarrassing manner. In other words, he's like, you fucking dipshits. What the fuck are you doing? You're making us look like fucking assholes. Embarrassing is, I guess, a way to put it. Shameful, probably a little better. <laughs> Disturbing, <laughs> disgusting, <laughs> awful. Incomprehensible. For sure. There are yeah. many adjectives I suppose you could use. <laughs> oh, yes, for sure. Now, there are further investigations. So Dulles writes a memo to Gottlieb. Telling him that he used poor judgment, and that's <laughs> that what he did. As far as it goes. That's it. He's like, he's like, don't do that poor again. Poor judgment. Yeah, I'm sorry about my. Poor. <laughs> don't get caught again. That's basically poor it. judgment. Was you know, I used the lob wedge when I should have grabbed my pitching wedge because I was a little bit farther out than I thought. That's poor judgment. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> oh shit! Jeez. So by the mid fifties. By the mid-50s, Gutlead gets Eli Lilly, which is a pharmaceutical yep. company, uh, and I believe they're in Indiana. I want to say Indianapolis, possibly. He gets them to manufacture uh, LSD-25 exclusively for the CIA for around $400,000. And I'm talking like millions of doses. Mm-hmm. Uh, enough to dose anyone, anywhere. Anytime. Anytime. So that's what they started doing, but uh, not abroad. They do it in the fucking oh, yeah. U.S. Uh, and so, you know, the CIA is not a domestic agency, right? They're not supposed to conduct any sort of business on American soil. So none of this next part is legal. Most not of this. Technically, any of the other shit I mentioned is legal either. But <laughs> Legal, Schmeagle, give us the this money shit. and leave us alone. We'll apologize if we get caught 20 years after the fact. All right. Mm-hmm. Let's get into the uh, part that goes. <laughs> Enter George White. Uh, George White is a, a narcotics bureau agent, basically the D- in the DA before it was called the DEA. Um, he was famously known throughout his agency as a drug addict and a heavy drinker. Um, he was known to drink a whole bottle of gin after he ate dinner every night. Get it, buddy. Yeah. Uh-huh. He also was a, he was a sex addict, too. Well, if you're a fan of Tanger, uh, you're probably a fan of Tanger, too. He was S&M shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny that. <laughs> uh, so, White would typically bust someone, then steal some of whatever the fuck they had for himself. <clears throat> um, he had been, he had previously given... Uh, concentrated weed to mobsters during the mid-40s during OSS's original truth serum research programs just to see if they would talk. And Gutlieb thought he was a perfect fit for what he had planned for his next little misadventure. I thought it was funny that this guy's like, hey, man, smoke this. Now tell me how you getting all these drugs in here. (laughs) You know, and then they would talk. Because they're fucking high as a kite. Concentrated weed. You <laughs> anyway. mean like what you can go to the dispensary and buy right now? Like <laughs> a second. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In the mid-50s, um, 
Gutlieb has white run two safe houses in New York City where white tests LSD on drug addicts and other expendable types that would, wouldn't be believed if they went to the cops and wouldn't be missed if they wound up dead or fucking mm-hmm. insane. I'm glad none of these are existing problems. Yeah, about it. We're, it seems like everything's cool. Right. Now. Right. right. <clears throat> yeah, this, this all ends this in the out, <laughs> So White, White would pose as an artist or a semen. A what? Semen. Semen. <laughs> and he would dose his victims at parties. Uh, or at a bar. They were happy about it. He, did he uh, tell them it was point, good for their skin? After he, okay, I'm done. I don't think he had to. I think they did fucking go nuts. Uh, at one point, one of these victims gets away from him and goes to the Lenox Hill Hospital. She reports that he's drugged her against her will. But uh, the CIA has previously made an arrangement with uh, the NYPD, and they tell this lady she's wrong, so they send her home. It's like, oh, no, what? you're mistaken. You're mistaken, ma'am. I'm sorry. Oh, boy. Um, this program goes so well that Sidney decides to expand his research to the West Coast in 1955. So he sends White to San Francisco to set up more safe houses. But this time he wants to spice it up a little bit. Uh, and he wants to put sex in the, wow. in the mix. All right. And in step, Scarlett Johansson, Rosario (laughs) Dawson, Kate Mira. I actually wrote that in here. Um, So they they hire sex workers to draw in men to be drugged in these safe houses slash brothels uh, where they would be secretly observed. Uh, White White was working undercover as a journalist at the time. He rented out an apartment, furnished it with posters of, like, dancers, scantily clad women. Women in bondage, domination pictures. So it was like um, a, he that, probably that went with this. Decorative, like my kitchen, his kitchen or a body <laughs> shop. He probably went with this because <laughs> yeah. this decorative motif because he was into S and M. Um, so Rosaria Dawson, Winona Ryder, Scarlett Johansson, and Kate Mara star in Operation Midnight. Ha, ha, yeah, I want that shirt immediately. That was what this little project was called. <laughs> Uh, so White puts in bugging equipment, uh, a two-way mirror, and behind this two-way mirror is where his little office is where he installs a portable toilet where he will sit down and watch these Johns come in while he's drinking pitchers of martinis. Yeah. Um, and getting Leave me alone, I'm baiting. Probably jerking off. <laughs> just wa- I was going to say, so this there, was all just... Uh... Watching the dirty business go on. A front for like he didn't corn? have to drop a coin. The thing, <laughs> the thing just stayed yeah. up. <laughs> it's just like so idiocracy. Yeah, or he's sitting up, on the toilet the whole time, so he just doesn't have to move. <laughs> well, I mean, it's probably easy yeah. access, you know. Just yeah, like put that in there. I don't know. Leave uh, me alone, I'm beating. <laughs> <Lighten that up. laughs> mm-hmm. Now, White would pay these sex workers partially Drugs. and get out of jail free cards. Ooh, yeah. He basically would give them his number, and then I think he also paid them like $100 for every job they brought in, which for 50s money, man, you're, that's you're pretty good. You're banging it out, yeah. 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 Best way to put so that. if they got busted, these women could just give them a call. It's a risk connection, so you can get them out of jail. And How 
could you blame him? I mean, seriously. Yeah. Dude, I do it too. I suck your dick for some rock. <laughs> right? You in here for weed? <laughs> I know what you're talking about. I used uh, to suck dick for coke. For crack. For crack. He said. <laughs> You ever sucked it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Sydney Gutley. Oh, most people that watched the Marcus Funniest Home videos didn't know about that part. I don't think <laughs> about well, Danny any of his comical <laughs> stuff. Yeah, his potty mouth, man. Yeah, he was funny. Um, Rest in peace, man. <laughs> yes, are you finished? Okay. <laughs> Sydney visited on many occasions, uh, always requesting girls, to which Blige would, you know, White would oblige him. Um, he said he was cock crazy. That's what White said at one point. He's like, Sydney Gully, that guy's cock really? crazy. I think he meant it like, yeah, he wanted to get laid. I think that's what, because he wanted girls. Oh, I thought he meant he uh, wanted girls, girls, girls. Yep. One of White's agents, who was only identified as Feldman, uh, was interviewed after White died, and he tried to explain what was happening during that time. This is the funniest fucking okay. <laughs> out of the whole book, Poisoner in Chief, that I found. I like. <clears throat> I can't imagine doing this in anything other than like some. I, I don't know. When I hear it, I hear this like uh, East Coast like. Forget about it. Kind of accent. This guy was from Brooklyn originally, I think. Several times, Sidney Gutley came out. I met Gutley at the pad in White's office. Sidney was a nice guy. He was a fucking nut. They were all nuts. I says, you're a good Jewish boy from Brooklyn like me. What are you doing in these crazy cocksuckers? He had this black bag with him. He says, this is my bag of dirty tricks. He had all kinds of crap in that bag. We took a drive over to Mule Woods out by Stinson Ranch. Sidney said, stop the car. He pulls out a dot gun and he shoots his big eucalyptus tree with a dot. And he tells me, come back in two days and check on that tree. So we go back in two days. The tree was completely dead. Not a leaf on it. Then I went back and I saw White. He says to me, what do you think of Sidney? I said, I think he's a fucking nut. White says, well, he may be a nut, but this is the program. This is what we do. Sounds exactly like <laughs> Well done. Well done. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that's the funniest thing that's going to happen. Um, <laughs> like I said, these are your fucking federal tax dollars at work. Um, White discovers that uh, over over time, he discovers that if he waits to dose these men until after the sexual encounter portion of the program, that he and he had the women stay with them for a, like a few more hours after they got their nut off. They were more likely to open up and talk. Yeah. Honeypot. Yeah. So, I mean, out of all the research they do, that's really about as far as it goes. I mean, that's as far as they get with this portion of the program. But um, Because it wasn't research. This was just a front for a fucking port. This was a window shop. Yeah. Um, Now, um, do the candy show. I'll look to look is so, uh, happy with uh, the results that are happening with this uh, with Midnight Climax that he decides to expand it and 
Oh, bravo. Good show. I like it. Love it. Lovely. Lovely. Um, scroll, scroll, click, 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 scroll, yep. scroll. He has uh, white. Oh, that's why they had to do this. They didn't mm. have scroll, scroll, click, click, click back then. I'm tired that curtain draws <laughs> me like, I'm about ready to. Yeah. <laughs> Where am I? Fuck, you're making me lose my place. <laughs> All right, so eventually they expand the program. White has other agents help him randomly dose people throughout San Francisco uh, in bars, restaurants, wherever they can get away with it. But they didn't stop with LSD. No. Uh, there was a CIA source that stated, if we were scared enough to do it not to, to, of a drug not to try it out ourselves, we would send it to San Francisco. Now, White, being the san, you know upstanding citizen that he was, he would always try it out on himself yeah. first. Before yeah. he would dose other people with whatever the fuck. Give me some of that. Um, but, uh, yeah. So they were just like, fuck around and find mm. out. Uh, after a rough day, White would sometimes, and when I say sometimes, I mean regularly, hold parties for his fellow narcotics officers at the safe house. Uh, neighbors would complain about all these guys with gun straps hooting and hollering at all hours of the night while they chased around naked women through the house. Uh, Sounds like a hell of a night. Yeah. Wolf of Wall Street. Mr. Shit White, drug enforcement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, White continued these experiments by setting up a second safe house uh, in San Francisco uh, in, a, in another area that was a little classier. But most of the stuff that went on there was not, it's not it wasn't sexy. There's no sexy time going on there. Uh, that's where. Sydney would send him things such as itching powder, stink bombs, specially hidden hypodermic uh, devices that could inject drugs and poisons into wine bottles through the cork, and aerosol LSD bombs. Yeah, this uh, is so terrifying. They tried man. to set off. They tr- they tried to set off an uh, an LSD bomb uh, at a party, but apparently it didn't work because it was too humid outside and the windows were open. So. Yeah, this shit happened. This is not fucking make-believe. These- I, I think I know where those safe houses were located. Somewhere around Hate and Ashbury. <laughs> we're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> not this particular this one, one, but later, yes, you are correct. Um, so one of these many victims uh, of White's random LSD experiment was a federal agent named Wayne Ritchie. He was dosed at the federal building in San Francisco where he proceeded to lose his shit, grab two guns, and he proceeded to try and rob a a nearby bar. Now, luckily someone hit him over the head before anyone got hurt and he pleaded guilty in court, but the judge overseeing the case let him off because he had had a clean record. He had been through World War II and he had no idea what the fuck he had done. He, he could not remember any of anything. And Check the box. It yeah. worked. It basically ruined his life, though. I mean, he. Was we don't care depressed. about that. We just care that it worked. Yeah. Uh, he didn't find out what happened for 22 years. Uh, oh, he just wow. thought he just thought he lost his mind, and you know, like I said, his life went to shit. When he when he reads about Sidney Gutlieb and you know all these random dosings that took place in 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 San Francisco, though he realizes that he's been drugged and he tries to sue the CIA, but they don't have any evidence, so 
He doesn't get anything, which is fucked up. So, mm-hmm. moving right along. Now, while all this is going on, Sydney's also dabbling in deadly poisons. Because why wouldn't you? Hey, well, that's what he's, he's really, really good with toxins and shit. That was his specialty. Um, one of his babies, w- what he considered to be the perfect suicide d- drug, uh, was derived from shellfish picrotoxins. picro-toxins. Yeah. Uh, he developed this pill to distribute to f- pilots flying spy planes over Russia in case they were you know, about to be captured. Now, one of these pilots, notorious- he notoriously chewed lemon drops while he flew. And he accidentally put one of these fucking pills in his mouth, but he fortunately did not bite down on it. So that's why he's not fucking, he didn't die. Um, but after that, Sydney develops this small coin that contains a small pin inside that is got so much toxin that all they have to do is just scrape themselves with It'll it. It'll do. And they will be dead within it. But within a minute, they're going to be dead. So, the- so they all start carrying this coin. It's like a the silver fish toxin stuff. Some of that stuff is outrageously yeah. quick working yeah uh no one ever used it um until the russians because they shot the pilot that was carrying it down over russia and the russians take it they tested it on a dog the dog proceeds to die within two minutes of being scraped with it then they held it up and said what the fuck's going on america they're like, what? I don't know what you mean. But yeah. it was tetanus. Must have been tetanus, right? Was it tetanus? Was it? Rabies. Just give yeah. it back to us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Come on, guys. We can Sydney talk this out. Also send over that, well, send over that one beer. Through. There's nothing to worry about here. We'll just talk this. <laughs> yeah. Forget about it. Mind your business, Tony. I'm walking. Oh, shit. Now, Sydney's also expanding out through other various fronts, corporations, foundations to fund research through hospitals. And, you know, like we mentioned earlier, some of these prisons and universities. Uh, but hospitals like Mount Sinai, uh, Massachusetts General Hospital, Harvard, MIT, Stanford, Berkeley, talking LSD tests, mind control experiments, torture experiments. Some big names in there. Uh, a lot of these these researchers had no idea they were being fucking funded by the CIA. And probably didn't care. Well, the the checks yeah. weren't bouncing. What I mean, yeah. so yeah. money's coming in. Yeah. Some of the things they were uh, wanting researched were substances that would promote impulsive behavior to the point where the subject would become incoherent and discredited in public. Substances that increase perception, I believe they call that uh, cocaine. Uh, substances that will block or diminish the effects of alcohol. That's also cocaine. Substances that will increase the effects of alcohol. That's not cocaine. Substances that would promote brainwashing. Substances that induce that euphoria. Mescaline. That's ecstasy. Substances that would enhance hypnosis. LSD or mescaline or... And this is a great mini substances that would 
alter personality to the point of increased dependency on another person. That's it. That's almost all things you can get addicted to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now they, they did, I'll, I'll, I'll throw out a couple here. They funded a study to mentally, to feed mentally handicapped children cereal containing uranium at a Massachusetts school to see if it interfered with their iron. I don't know why you always do episodes like this. They also funded research in which children were giving, given LSD for up to 14 days at a time. I went to, okay, I went to art school with a guy that when he was a kid, like his parents were hippies and they were into that and they had it on the coffee table and he got into it as a baby. He got into their stash like he was like a toddler, like three years old and got into their stash and ate it. Dude was whipped out of his mind crazy, but a fucking genius. Like his, he, he he done a thing on time travel that just destroyed the teacher. Like the teacher was just like, I don't, I just want to quit because, dude, because <laughs> he, he was going back and forth on this chalkboard saying, no, but if you didn't know, because if, and everybody was trying to argue with him and he destroyed everyone's faces. And I was just like, damn. <laughs> I was like, I'm glad my parents weren't hippies. Too big of hippies. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, after Alan Dulles's son suffered from a, a head injury during in the Korean War, he started talking to all these specialists in, psychi- in psychiatric clinics, and he met a doctor named Harold Wolf at Cornell University. They found they both shared this fascination with the theory of mind control. So, he Dulles quickly sends Wolf to Gottlieb, who sent him one hundred forty thousand dollars to Cornell University to research changes in behavior due to stress. Uh, brought about by actual loss of cerebral tissue. Yeah. I think they'll yeah. do it. Some yeah. lobotomization. Yeah. Anyway, after this study, Wolf continues to do research under a fake foundation he sets up for several more years. One of these experiments involved 100 refugees from China who were drugged with LSD to see if they could be reprogrammed to go back to China and commit terrorism. Hmm. America. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, let's see. Here's another one. Uh, God damn it. I don't have his name. Uh, okay. So there was another study conducted on the East Coast at a university where there were several people that were interviewed to see, to find out their belief system. And after that, for the next several years, they were broken down, and everything they they had been no had given as information. He basically this this uh, person basically said, "No, you're wrong," and convinced him, and basically fucking brainwashed him. Mm. I want to say so many and, things uh, right now. I'm just not going to. Well, I'll say one thing. <laughs> I'll say one thing about this. There, no drugs were. Given doesn't have to be if it's constantly it just purely berated s- into your face. Yeah. You can't turn a fucking channel. Was that one of the? Uh, was that the study that Kaczynski? Yeah, that's correct. That's the study that yeah the Unabomber <laughs> was involved in. in turn the channel, motherfucker! Turn the uh-huh. channel. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> okay. What do we got left? Yeah. Okay, uh, we're on the home stretch, study. people. We're on the home fucking stretch. You ready? Woo woo! I got a couple more here. All right, uh, Lewis. 
Jolyon West was another researcher for the CIA. He was better known as Jolly West. He headed the head of psychiatric services at Lackland Air Force Base through the 50s and studied or and taught at several universities throughout the United States. Air Force Base. Uh, I don't know. Uh-huh. We don't have any experts on that, though. He was so uh, continue. He was one of the psychiatrists that ended up talking to the captured U.S. pilots from Korea that had been brainwashed in episode one that we yeah. talked about. Uh, the ones that said they dropped all these biological weapons. And he apparently, quote, deprogrammed them, unquote. He deprogrammed these pilots when they came back to Yay. the States. And he gets them back to, you know, he gets them to take everything back that they had said after they'd been captured. So the, the CIA thinks he's fucking hot shit. Um, so Wes starts working with Gottlieb around 1953. And he's got some ideas, mm-hmm. man. Oh, um, I'm sure he does. Yeah, he's he thinks he knows how he can extract information from unwilling subjects through hypnosis and com- combinations of certain drugs like mm-hmm. Todd's got there. Um, <laughs> he also has ideas to plant false intel into subjects, induce mental disorders and create couriers who could carry long, complex messages secretly locked in their minds and induce trance like states. And be one year only hope. No, yeah, maybe, I don't know. So in 1956, Jolly informs Gottlieb that his experiments have come to fruition. He's found a way to replace true memories with false ones without subjects knowing through a combination of drugs and hypnotic suggestion. Now, most of these papers that where we get all this information from were missing from the MK Ultra papers. They were found in his memoirs after he died. Weird that they Otherwise, just didn't want it out there, didn't it? No, no. It's yeah. MK Ultra was destroyed. I mean, everything was burned. The only reason we know about this and <laughs> about all these other here. programs because all these doctors, these doctors had documentation of it. Otherwise, nothing to see here, folks. Move along. Mm-hmm. I told you I lost my freaking papers, okay? Um, now, an airman at Lackland Air Force Base... The dog gave my homework. There you go. An airman at Lackland Air Force Base was picked up in July 1954 after a three-year-old girl was raped and murdered. Uh, Jimmy Schaefer was found near the body in a gravel pit, shirtless, covered in scratches, and in a trance-like state. He claimed no memory of committing the murder. Uh, after he was booked in jail, his wife came to see him. He claimed not to recognize her at all. Uh, after two weeks in jail, still maintained no memory of killing the girl or having a recollection. Uh, he did have a recollection of a, a blonde-haired man with tattoos, though. Um, the base commander ordered him to be evaluated. And guess who evaluated him? Jolly West. Mm. Uh, West hypnotized him, gave him sodium pentothal, and took him back to the crime scene. <clears throat> Asked him leading questions to walk him through the crime and gets him to admit the murder. Yeah, they're doing a Brandon uh, Dassey on him while he's fucking out of his mind. No, you can go home and watch WrestleMania yeah, if you just tell so, us shit. We want to hear him. Right. So after after he comes down from these drugs, he took he takes his confession back, but they use it in court anyway. Find him guilty, and he's executed for his murder. Probably real quick. But I bet it was prompt, that, wasn't it? <laughs> like pretty quickly. I, I don't know. It's, I wanted to put this in here, though. Schaefer suffered from extreme migraines, which prevented him from flying. 
So he had been recommended for an experimental program at Lackland. That would have been where West was doing all his research for the CIA. Wow. <clears throat> and when uh, Schaefer's lawyers found out this information, they went to the base to find records of his treatment. The archivist informed them that all the records from patients <clears throat> from 1954 with the last name starting from S.A. to S.T. had been destroyed, and they didn't huh. know why. Yes. This is crazy. Now, it gets I mean, better. it's crazy how it happens. It gets better. Know. You ready? In 1962, Jolly decides he's going to shoot up this elephant named Cusco at the Oklahoma Zoo with a dose of LSD containing 300,000 micrograms. Dumbest fucking idea I've ever heard. Jesus. That's 100,000 times stronger than a normal dose of LSD. So five minutes after he hits this elephant with the dart, it proceeds to roll over, shit itself, have a seizure, and die. You bet it didn't land Tax on him. Dollars at It would have been work. worth it if it would have landed on him, though. I mean, it shit on him, then fell on him. Perfect. Right. Science is fun, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> if you want to get... If you want to get fucking nuts, like... You want to get nuts... Here's, here's like the crazier conspiracy side of this, all this bullshit. It's worth noting that after the JFK assassination in 1963, and Jack Ruby shot Leah Harvey Oswald, they bring in a psychiatrist to examine Ruby. That shrink was also Jolly West. Shocker. Before Ruby's supposed to testify to the Warren Commission, West informs him that Jack Ruby has had a psychotic break, and he ne- never gives an in-depth reason for killing Oswald. Because it couldn't have been what that we wanted the war, and somebody didn't want the war, and we. I'm glad we don't have anybody to ask that would have like any kind of information. We'll just we'll just keep it on. Let's go. We've had a a guest that's been stupidly quiet on this episode. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know what the answer would be. Everything. So in 1967, President Johnson orders Richard Helms, who was then head of the CIA, he took over for Alan Dulles. He orders him to launch domestic surveillance programs on the growing anti-war movement, which once again is fucking it's illegal as hell for the CIA to do this. Um, this this operation is codenamed Chaos, uh, which brings us to the Tom O'Neill section of the program. Okay. <clears throat> So Tom O'Neill wrote this book, Chaos, which is a f- wild read. I highly recommend you check it out. Um, Todd, Todd just answered his shoe phone. It was, my, it was my get. It was my get yes, smart reference. Perfect. Okay. He said okay. chaos. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Chaos. Um, All right. Uh, chaos deals a lot with the Manson family. I'm talking like Charles Manson, right. Marilyn. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So the CIA, along with the FBI, their counterintelligence program, which is called COINTELPRO, they set up operations in San Francisco, not far from the Blank Panther Party, which had, had their base set of uh, in operations in Oakwood. Um, so these two agencies infiltrate various sects of the left through the use of undercover agents and uh, informants by the summer of 1969. And... Basically causing all that war between various groups of the revolution movement. Uh, 
the book I just mentioned, Chaos, goes through a lot of painstaking details of all this. Um, It leaves no real clear connect-the-dots type of connection, but it shows there is clear evidence that Charles Manson was a person of interest to the CIA. Mm -hmm. There was at least one person that was really close to him that was involved in the CIA. For sure he was Uh, a rat bastard, too. This person was at the at the Tate house after the murders took place, but before they were reported to the police. Um, the agent reportedly claimed that it was not supposed to go to happen that way. Something went wrong. It was the wrong uh, person there. It's also worth note. Yeah. It's also worth noting that Manson was arrested four to six times prior to the Tate murders and released every time. One of these arrests was for the car love. theft, I believe. <laughs> and he, he was a convicted felon from federal prison. So that should have sent him directly to jail. Do not pass go. But Do not collect so two hundred dollars. Yeah. Do not go to a minimum security yes. where you are retained. And even after you try and escape from he's so a little. They probably just felt bad for him. He's a tiny little fella. Yeah. I also want to state that <laughs> oh, <this> way. Manson <laughs> is also in hate Ashbury, Todd. At the same time, Jolly West is operating. A lab set up to look like a hippie pad, giving out LSD. Hmm. Crazy, huh, Todd? Okay. <laughs> oh, go ahead. No, he's talking to go ahead. <laughs> okay, so by the beginning of the 60s, Gottlieb decides that MKUltra has failed to produce any real mind control techniques. The program slows down. And he spends most of his remaining years in the CA developing various methods of assassination. So was it um, was it sixty seven was the summer of love, sixty nine was the end, right? Yes. Okay, so the sixty seven GTO is a beautiful car, sixty nine Dodge Charger, also a beautiful car. It's also the General Lee, which I was a big fan of when I was a kid. Just gonna throw that in there. I, I told you I was gonna the car's coming through. Yeah. Now, this next portion, it was going to be a whole nother episode, but I just kind of shortened it to one page. <laughs> so, um, so they slow down in K-Ultra by the beginning of the 60s um, so that Sydney can work on ways to kill people. He comes right? up with various ways to kill. He comes up with various ways to kill Castro, from poison toothpaste to scuba suits laced with anthrax to poison God cigars. And it, and probably made it. He also tries to poison Patrice Labumba in the Congo. He develops micro cameras and James Bond type gadgets like uh, the Acoustic nice. Kitty, where they put a microphone inside of a fucking live cat to see if they can. Mm. Would they shove it up a chapstick or did this with, was it? I think they did this with birds too. Yes. No, it was funny because they, they, they spent all this money putting this equipment in this cat and then it proceeds to, it, they want it to go listen in on just two people having a conversation and it proceeds to like walk up to them for like three seconds and then it fucking walks off and I think it gets hit by a tr- a, a bus. <gasps> Damn it, all yeah, that equipment. See? Yeah. Should have chose a dog. Should have chose so, a dog. What a waste of good pussy. <laughs> Somebody go get that cat. I was waiting for it. Waiting for it. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody go get that cat. 
just like every time. I've been waiting two weeks to drop that one. Put all the I money know, into I it, know. and then That's it just why I, knew I had to fucking put that in there. So in '64, <laughs> MK Ultra is renamed MK Search, and while work continues on mind control, it's in other variations. Uh, in '68, a CIA team flies to Saigon where they implant electrodes into the brains of several Viet Congs, and after the procedure. These men are placed in a room filled with knives, and the researchers sit behind a glass wall that's like a mirrored and watch them for three days and push the button to see if they will kill each other. Kill each other. Yeah. And after three days, nothing works. No success. So these three men were taken away by Green Berets and shot. Their bodies were... I thought they were gassed. No. No. Yeah, it's always cheaper. cheaper. It's only three um, of them. By ni- in 1972, Richard Helms is fired by Nixon for uh, this little thing called Watergate. <laughs> and a little thing. Uh, as his last directive as the head of the CIA, uh, he has got to destroy all records of MK Ultra. Um, all the things we have today are just what was overlooked. Were for memoirs of people who were hired as contractors for the project outside of the CIA. Uh, a couple of years later, Gutlib retires. <clears throat> in 1974, details of MK Ultra reached the public through an article in the New York Times. And soon after, the Church Committee and the Rockefeller Commission were formed to investigate the CIA and MK Ultra. Uh, then there's a congressional inv- investigation held. Gutlieb is summoned to testify in Washington. Um, he does to do so, but only if they grant him immunity. Uh, then he comes forward, states that he destroyed these NK ultra files because the material was sensitive and capable of being misunderstood. So he's never prosecuted because he was given total immunity and no one ever goes to jail for any of, of course. No one ever does. Sydney got lived too big to mm, fail. Exactly. Until yeah. a very long life. He, he did not die until 1999. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think he was 80. Um, let's see here. Uh, the article that this uh, New York Times uh, sported the headline uh, for his obituary. Let's see. Sidney Gutlieb, 80 dies, took LSD to the CIA and contained the following in the first sentence. Presided over the Central Intelligence Agency's Cold War efforts to control the human mind and provided the agency poisons to kill. Fidel Castro. <laughs> how would you how would you like that to be like? That's what I yeah. remember for. There are so many more things that we could cover and I didn't cover, but quite frankly, I'm fucking done. I'm fucking done. Well done. Oh fuck. Now let's open There's the Limley I know. Let's open the door on more stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's your turn. My turn to talk shit for the next three weeks. That's Lindy's turn, but I'm going to help. Hopefully, she'll let me help her. <laughs> oh, you better get going then, because okay. I'm halfway through. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to chime in and help. I'm going to chime in and help. Okay. okay. I'm going to okay, do a crystal. Perfect. <laughs> You're going to do perfect. crystal. I'm going to do a crystal. crystal. Meth? What? <laughs> not meth, All right. but, you know. I hope not. No. Well... Um, Matt, is there anything you want to say before we wrap this up? You know what? Um, like, rate, review if you want to. If you don't, then uh, fine. I'm tired of talking about it. 
I would appreciate it if you did, but if you don't, you don't. I'm proud to be an American, yeah. where at least <laughs> I know I'm free. Where we all have LSD. Yes. <laughs> no, that was good. Well, thank you guys for uh, hanging out and uh, putting up with the last three. Oh, dude, it's been awesome. And, uh, I'm I'm so glad that's fucking over. So, uh, oh, oh yeah. Also, tune in, guys, if you can, on Saturday nights at uh, seven Central Time PM for our live shows that we'll do because we. I mean, a lot of them are pretty funny, and some of them, if you don't catch them, you'll never catch them again. Because <laughs> they go. Oh yeah. Yep. That's that's for sure. That's for sure. All right. Well, um, guys, have a great week. Thanks for hanging out, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Until then, Smart. I'm Zach. Lindy. Uh, I forgot who I was. Where am I? Yeah. Who? 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 What? 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 Yeah. Okay. Later. Later. Bye. FGC! This is me. Hello, Mr. Fan.